Welcome to the Demand Gen Club podcast, the first podcast exclusively dedicated to B2B demand generation secrets and best practices as shared by some of the top leaders in the industry. This podcast is brought to you by SASMQL, the account-based marketing agency based in Redwood City, California. They help venture-funded SaaS companies scale demand generation from target accounts. By combining intent data, automation, and a proven methodology, SASMQL can help your startup generate millions of dollars in sales opportunities within a few months. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Demand Gen Club podcast. I'm your host, Franco Caporale. Our guest today is Shiel Gupta, VP of Marketing at Verse. Verse is the leading AI-powered lead conversion platform that helps companies engage and convert inbound leads into qualified sales-ready opportunities. The company has raised over $17 million of venture capital fundings and is headquartered in San Diego, California. Shield is a result-driven marketing leader with a background in building revenue-generating infrastructures and teams from the ground up. She is passionate about sales marketing alignment and in transforming the marketing organization into a revenue-generating machine. Prior to Verse, she was the chief growth officer at Humble Dot, where she joined as their first marketing hire. And before that, she led marketing and demand generation at Crowdflower and Quantcast. So I'm really happy to welcome today Shil Gupta, VP of Marketing at Burst. Shil, it's absolutely great to have you on the show today. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Franco, for having me. It's, it's really great to be here and it's good to be in touch with you again. Yeah, we've been, uh, you know, we've been knowing each other for a few years now since you were a Quantcast. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your story, how, what were your previous roles, what companies, uh, what were you in charge of and what, what are you doing today? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, after I graduated from Cal, I uh, pursued acting for five years, uh, but that's irrelevant to this. Um, uh, then I... In 2008, I got back into tech and I joined a company called Katera and uh, there I basically did marketing operations. And so I implemented Marketo. I was actually one of Marketo's first customers. It was, it was when they were just getting off the ground. And um, I did that for a few years. And then after that, I actually joined Marketo itself. And that was a really great opportunity because at that time, they were the thought leaders in demand generation. They were driving 80% of revenue from marketing. That was unheard of at the time. And everyone went to Marketo to learn how to be better marketers. So to be a part of that demand generation team, it was a really great learning experience. And I was basically responsible for the top of the funnel there. So lead generation. So negotiating with vendors all day, picking the programs, uh, the lead gen programs, evaluating them. And yeah, and then from there, I um, got the opportunity to join Quantcast, and I was brought in to build out their global demand gen team. So I had a team in San Francisco that was responsible for the Americas, and I had a team in EMEA or in Dublin responsible for EMEA. And we it was we did a great job. We got to the point where we were able to um, build a predictable growth model, drive millions in revenue. And yeah, that's what I did there. And then after that, I was a VP of marketing at Crowdflower. And then most recently, I was the chief growth officer at Humbledot, which was an early stage startup. And I just started a new job. I'm at Verse and I'm the VP of marketing here. And I am on week three. 
Wow, so brand new at the company. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, tell us uh, how's your team there and uh, what are your responsibilities at, at Verse? Um, well, I, we have a pretty small team. There is um, four of us, including myself. And uh, the, the team has been primarily focused on uh, inbound. So doing a lot of content marketing, a lot of social media, um, and then also a lot of digital ads. And, and mainly because the, the, tar- the market that we were going after was high volume, uh, lower price point, and um, the strategy that they were using was, was really good. But as we're looking to move up market and um, enter into new verticals that are going to have a little bit more of an enterprise play, we are going to rethink how we do marketing. And so now you are looking to expand their, uh, also like mid-market enterprise segments for, for the company. So what, what kind of strategy do you have in mind or like are you looking to apply and what is the team that will help you do that? Like what kind of roles are you be looking to institute to support that? We're going to continue to have the inbound model because for some of our verticals, we do have a strong mid-market. And I do think that the inbound model, the content strategy is actually pretty good for that market. Um, But one of the things that we haven't done as a company is ABM. And as we start to move upstream, I think it's going to be more of a sales-driven approach and having ABM support the sales team. How big is the sales team today at Verse? Oh God, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I think it's about ten to fifteen. I'm probably off, something like that. Okay, so it's pretty, it's pretty sizable team. And uh, so, are they, are they currently set up from a, from an account base, or are they divided by target accounts, or um, are they looking still in the territories but trying to move into more this ABM approach? How are you gonna sync with them to I to get your I, strategy? I think the whole company is actually going through a transition right now. Um, we're entering into, we've been selling to real estate and mortgage companies and uh, we've done real. we've had a lot of success there. So we have some AEs that are, um, that are going to remain focused on that. And then we have some AEs that have been going into solar. And I think we're breaking that up between the mid market and the enterprise market right now. And then as we go into new verticals, we're going to be adding more and more AEs. But I do think right now it's in the process of a restructuring. And so how do you how are you planning to combine this, you know, inbound strategy and, and approach that is currently the predominant one at Verse.io with this new ABM type of strategy? How the two things will play together? Well, I think with the real estate and mortgage market, there is a really big mid-market. So we're going to continue to do that while at the same time going after some target accounts with ABM. Uh, when it comes to solar, I, I, I believe it's going to be mostly ABM because it's either they're really, really small and we can't work with them or they're really big and it has to be a little bit more of an enterprise approach. Um, and then when it comes to the other verticals, we'll see. So I almost think of every vertical having its own funnel. Um, but also I, I do think that as we try to explore new verticals and see which, which ones do well with our product, I may take a little bit more of, uh, you know, casting the wide net approach and, uh, just going after marketers who have a bunch of leads who want the leads qualified for sales, um, 
basically anyone with a lot of leads can use our product and, and benefit from it. So maybe casting that wide net and see which customers do well with us so we know which verticals to go into next. And then once we do decide on those verticals, if it looks like it's mainly an enterprise play, then we'll stick with ABM. If it's a mid-market play, we'll do a combination of the two. And what is ABM for you? Like, you know, different companies doing many different ways and some companies, they might set up a whole team just to go after one account. Like, I don't know if you are after Google or IBM and then others, they do more like, you know, vertical type of ABM where they create sub-segments of accounts. What, what is your ABM philosophy? Yeah, so um, so if we use the solar as an example, as one of the verticals that we're going after, uh, we might say, okay, this quarter we're going after two, three hundred accounts, and then I would tier them. The, the the big strategic accounts that we really want to nail, they they would be like a tier one account where we might invest a little bit more into more into them, um, and then the tier two, like so, tier one might be more direct mail, sending them gifts. I don't know, having some virtual wine tasting. I, I haven't come up with what we're going to do yet, but it's going to be a little bit more of an investment. And then tier two is going to be um, maybe some direct mail, like send flyers and then do um, also have a digital strategy, have like LinkedIn ads where we're targeting them directly. And then maybe tier three be a little bit more of ads and, and email marketing. Uh, so kind of breaking it down like that. And then um, if it looks like, we're going to enter into a market that is going to be primarily ABM and almost no inbound. That's when I might consider making, you know, the 2000 accounts that we're going after and then just doing it primarily digitally. Um, so I haven't quite figured it out yet, but that's the way I'm thinking about it. And you guys go after a, a lot of different verticals. So you're going to have to kind of manage the same process for uh, in parallel for, for multiple type of companies, right? Right, right. So it's a little complicated, but also fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun for sure. So let's talk, uh, obviously, ABM means, you know, aligning whatever you're doing with, with your sales team and their, their structure and their processes. So how do you work today with the sales team and what's your relationship with them? Well, um, again, I'm, I'm brand new to this company, but I have been um, working hand in hand with the VP of sales. I think whenever you're entering into a new vertical or even starting a company from scratch, uh, if, if you think about the traditional funnel with um, brand and buzz being on the far left and then lead generation and in the middle, it's database marketing. And then at the end, it's closing the deals. Um, the way I think about building out marketing is the whole point is to help sales. And so starting with the bottom of the funnel and making sure sales has everything they need to be able to close more deals. So all the sales enablement piece like um, pitch decks, case studies, um, proposal templates, just anything that they need or, or even like messaging and positioning, competitive analysis, the strategic piece, just giving them whatever they need so they can close more deals. Then the second step is making them more efficient. And, and that is by providing them leads so they could focus on closing more. And so one of the great things about ABM versus say inbound, inbound takes a really long time to build out before you could actually recognize revenue. Whereas ABM is something that's pretty quick. You can 
can start running the campaigns and you could start helping them immediately. Um, and so while building out sales enablement and ABM, that's when I'm also going to be building out all the lead gen stuff, working on SEO, all the things that take a longer time to build out. So that way we could have quick wins, but still be setting up for the long term for the hyper growth. So I guess, uh, so my, my relationship with sales is usually pretty good because I go in with the intention of helping them. That makes sense. And I, do you guys share KPIs or goals or you have, you know, your own numbers and sales obviously has revenue as their own numbers? I think once uh, marketing is um, doing what it's like, I, I think at the beginning tying marketing to revenue is it doesn't make as much sense, but I think once you've matured in a market and you're actually working hand in hand with sales and marketing is driving a large percentage of the revenue, I do think that marketing should be tied to revenue and not just from the, like, I, I don't believe that it should only be what leads they generated because it kind of gets people, gets marketers to, um, not focus on the things that matter for the business. Like at the end of the day, you're just supposed to be helping sales drive their revenue. So if all you're focused on is uh, what marketing contributed in terms of revenue, then you might not do all the other things that are necessary to help sales to hit their goals. So, um, so once, once a marketing team is a little bit more mature, I actually feel that their goal should be tied to revenue. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially it avoids also some, useless type of discussion about who source what opportunity. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I feel like so many marketing teams waste so much time um, proving that certain things came from marketing and that doesn't really help anybody. So, 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 so it's best not to set the goals that way. I hundred percent agree. So obviously we talked about the top of the funnel. You talked about the bottom of the funnel with the sales enablement and helping them closing those deals faster. Let's talk about the middle of the funnel, which is usually the most critical part for everyone. And right. is when the leads, you know, are handed off to sales or STR, both coming from inbound or from an ABM type of play. How do you manage that aspect? And first of all, do you think the SDR should report into marketing or sales or what's your philosophy there? Okay. Um, maybe, maybe I'll start with whether um, the SDR should be reporting into marketing or sales. Um, and it's, it's so funny that we're talking about this again, because do you remember when, when you did that, uh, that panel years ago and we had the same debate? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that got pretty heated too. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, I was the only marketer up there who thought SDR should report into sales. But since then, actually, my mind has kind of changed and it's a little bit more nuanced in that now. Um, I, I, I think, I, you know, with everything, it, it just, it depends. I think in, a, in, in the, the best case scenario is outbound SDR report into sales inbound SDRs report into marketing. Because um, when, when you think about sales, it's kind of an art and a science. And, and I think the art is more with the outbound SDRs and the science is more with the inbound SDRs. I almost think about inbound SDRs as an extension of automation. And so when marketing is bringing in these leads, it's good for um, the inbound SDR team to report into marketing because Marketing is constantly constantly looking at every step of the funnel and figuring out how to optimize it and doing A/B testing 
throughout every step of the funnel. And the inbound SDR should be a part of that A-B testing. So they should have a very rigid process and um, they could try different things so you can figure out how to best optimize that funnel. Now, outbound SDRs are the ones that act more like salespeople where they have these targeted accounts and then they uh, creatively try to figure out how to break into those accounts. Um, so, and, and I do think having inbound reporting into marketing and outbound reporting into sales is actually really, really great for um, career progression. Um, I, I think one of the reasons why I never agreed to um, SDRs reporting into marketing is because a lot of them get stuck being an SDR forever and they don't actually get to be AEs. Um, and, but I realized that if you have inbound SDRs, if, if you work closely with sales, you could have SDRs come in as inbound SDRs and maybe do that for six months. And then after they've done that, they graduate to being an outbound SDR for six months. And it's, those are two very different jobs. And both of those are actually really important to learn to become a good, you know, AE. And then after six months of doing both of those, six months of doing inbound and six months of doing outbound, that's when you graduate to become an AE. And, um, and if you can set up a system like that, I think it's really great because then you eventually become a company that is full of salespeople who understand marketing and have been trained really well and have been able to start as an SDR and then become an AE and see their career grow at that company. So in, I think that would be like the best of both worlds. Yeah, this is a great point of view, but I also want to play devil's advocate because I see this kind of played out um, a few times where you know, a company starts with an inbound STR, but then what happens? There are not enough inbound leads. And so they either now have the choice to start doing some outbound or what do they do, right? So for those companies, they don't have like, you know, enormous volume of inbound leads. How do, how would you approach the same uh, scenario? Well, yeah, I don't think you should have full-time inbound SDRs unless you have uh, the lead volume. So I think, um, so when it goes back to how I would build out sales and marketing, um, I would say that when you're running ABM, you could be doing that with outbound SDRs. And, and while you're doing that, you're testing out lead generation campaigns and figuring out what's driving um, the highly qualified leads and you're doing database marketing and you're, you're figuring out that whole piece of the funnel. And during that time when you're testing everything out, you can have the outbound SDRs follow up with these leads. But once you get to a point where there is enough leads to have a full-time inbound SDR, that's when you hire that full-time inbound SDR and then you continue to grow from there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's for the companies, obviously, they have a hybrid model of inbound plus outbound. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's good to have hybrid, but I do think it's good just at the beginning while you're getting it set up to have that hybrid. But in a, in a, again, if you're a little bit more mature in the market, you have a, uh, you're a little bit more built out sales and marketing wise, I do think it should be two separate roles. Perfect. And so I want to talk also about one critical part of that whole system, which is the, you know, the lead handoff. And is there any best practice there that will help? Because I see it many times, you know, leads either get lost or they're not follow up on time or they're not followed up properly. How, how can you ensure that the system works well so that when you generate very precious and expensive leads, both in ABM or inbound, they get follow up properly? <laughs> 
Well, okay. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to do a little plug now for my company because that's actually one of the things that we're solving for is as soon as a, um, a lead comes in, um, whether it's in the middle of the night or a weekend, what our product does is we immediately engage with them with a combination of machine learning and humans in the loop. Um, and it allows us to interact with them immediately and qualify them immediately for the sales team. So um, I know for us, we actually haven't started using our product for ourselves, but that is something that we're going to um, start doing. And it's specifically to solve for this problem that you just asked. So you think AI is the key to solve, you know, kind of quick and um, immediate follow-up of any lead? Yeah, but I think it, it's, it's got to be done well because uh, people don't like talking to robots. You know, like when you, when you want to make an appointment, when you're talking to Verizon, you don't want to get stuck talking to, to a bot. You want to talk to a real person. So I think the key is being able to uh, do it in a way where um, – some of the basics are are done with a robot, but having a human ready to go. So as soon as a conversation gets a little bit more complicated, there is a person there as opposed to 100% um, depending on AI or ML. And uh, for ABM, obviously it's different because we're not talking necessarily about, you know, leads is more like account engagement. Do mm-hmm. you measure that differently? You know, leads you have the regular MQL, SAL, SQL, and all of that funnel. For ABM, is at the account level. So how how do you track those things, or like how do you handle the handoff process in in ABM? Well, I have not quite figured out how I'm going to do it here. My my thought is, and um, you know, you you're the expert here, so I'd like to uh, hear what you think about my my thinking is. Um, I would like to get the list of accounts that the AEs want to go after in advance, maybe like a month in advance. And then what I was planning on doing is getting um, the leads warmed up. So first off, coming up with the strategy, who we need to be going after, and then start targeting them on LinkedIn, you know, where you could target them based on uh, company and job title and and getting them warmed up, having the, the direct mail ready to go. And so when the AEs are ready to start selling to them, they're already warmed up through the ads. They have received something in the mail. And, um, and that's kind of how sales and marketing can work together to close deals. Now, um, in, uh, going back to the whole thing, did marketing really have an effect or not? That's not really something I, I'm going to worry myself with. I think it's just going to be something where we work together to close these deals. How we measure it, I, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. And yeah. whether, whether we should even measure it, I, I don't know. Yeah, definitely don't want to get too stuck into that because, yeah, you want to know where it, what, what part of your budget is driving results, but not getting stuck into definitely, you know, ego contest between marketing and sales. Definitely, definitely right. not. Um, what I do recommend is to get the definition really clear, you know, of what do you define as an account to be engaged or an account to be an opportunity because for leads it's easier to score, but accounts, you know, you might have a meeting with a director of a large company. Does that mean that that account is warm? Not always, right? Right, right. 
So yeah, so getting those definition is definitely um, what I, what I would recommend, and it's definitely different than than the inbound. Yeah. But, uh, one last question I would like to ask you is, um, what is top of mind for you now? You obviously just joined uh, recently this new company. What is keeping you awake? What is top of mind that you need to solve quickly? Um, well, I think I think what's keeping me up right now is making sure that we're entering into verticals that will allow for hyper growth and have a big enough market to where um, we could still be uh, capturing the market five years from now. And so I think at a at, at this point, it's at a, the high level strategy is something that I'm thinking about a lot. Um, when it comes to the execution, I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to execute on it. And so very, very last question, what's going to be key in 2021 from a B2B marketing perspective and from your perspective? Well, we're thinking about 2021 as a foundational year and 2022 as more of a hyper growth year. So 2021 is figuring out um, who we're going after, how we can go after them, what works, what doesn't work, um, getting um, sales to be um, 100% dependent on marketing, like whether it be ABM or inbound, marketing is really helping drive the, um, the, the revenue. And once we get there, that's when we could, when we know we're getting our dollars worth, our marketing dollars worth, that's when we're going to, in 2022, start spending and really grow fast. Awesome. So, Sheila, this has been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Franco.